that's kind of what I tell them. I'm like, just don't focus. It's not about you. It's about the message. And people need to see the message because, you know, according to face reading, most people are visual. So like, you can't just tell them about things. You need to show them like they hear with their eyes. That's what Susan, my coach says, they hear with their eyes. So if you're not showing them something, it doesn't matter. Right. So, and and if you are showing something and you're remote, you can share your screen and turn off your camera. And then, you know, like you don't even have to worry about it. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Low Fidelity Podcast. I'm your host, Rizwan Javed. Today, uh, my guest on the podcast is Hilary Cluet. She's a friend, and I've uh, we've known each other for a while, and uh, we follow each other on LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, she's a wonderful person, and I'm really excited about our conversation today. Um, and I'll introduce her. It's a long list. She's very accomplished and, uh, <laughs> and and an amazing person. So Hillary is a, the founder of the UX vocab club. She's also a face reading profiler, which I'm really intrigued about and we'll, we'll definitely dig into more in our conversation. She's also a communication coach and a Floxy's community ambassador, which we'll also learn about as well as a, She's also a bubble maker and a certified UX writer. So what yeah. can you not do? <laughs> <laughs> I've tried everything. I've tried everything. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Low Fidelity Podcast. Thank you, Rizwan, for having me. I'm honored to be here. Uh, you're, this is my first podcast ever, so nice. this is very exciting for me. <laughs> like I said, I had to do a bit of an exercise before to bring down my energy so I wasn't screaming into the microphone because <laughs> I'm quite excited. Yeah. No, I, uh, you're welcome. I'm really happy to have this conversation, and I'm going to feed off of your energy, so... Uh, thank you for bringing Excellent. extra energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got lots to spare. It's infinite. <laughs> uh, so. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, before we get started, just if you want to introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit about your yourself as well to the listeners. Yeah. Well, hi, listeners. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Hillary, and I started the UX Vocab Club officially it got its name in january uh before it was hillary cluett's ux vocabulary club (laughs) that says a lot about me i'm quite serious (laughs) like (laughs) and uh i started it because you know two and a half years ago i was changing my career from kind of seo marketing content you know guerrilla marketing writing like tons of stuff more into the user experience side of things and uh as a trained jeweler I was thinking oh I'm gonna be a UX designer like yeah I'm a designer I love this stuff and then quickly found out nope I am not a UX designer I don't I'm not the design side of things so how do I fit in and it was the words you know so the UX Vocab Club, I started it uh, as, and this is when we met too, right, was when I was doing one video per day 
in 2021, you know, I was like creating, recording, publishing one video a day, all about UX. And it, it I ended up, it was a leap year. So I ended up with 366 <laughs> videos. Oh <my> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it was intense. It was a really intense exploration. And during that time, I started taking on UX designers as clients to, you know, understand what they were doing, what tools they're using, how they present themselves, where are their difficulties, and realize that a lot of difficulty comes in, like when they're trying to communicate their design ideas, you know, they can draw really well and pick things out really well. And like, you know, research information really well. But then when it comes to communicating that with other stakeholders, sometimes it was difficult. And especially for people, if English isn't their first language and they're working remotely at a global company, it's a big deal, right? So I started exploring the vocabulary and realizing that I I love words. So even though I was trying to get away from writing, I can't, I just can't do it. I love writing. It's just what I do naturally. So... I uh, I I took the UX Writers Collective course, but it was a really great experience because that was all about content research and testing. And at the same time that I was taking this class, I was content research and testing with my videos, with messaging out to people, you know, because when I first started trying to get people involved in my club, everyone was like, would you stop spamming me, please? And I was like, mm, hmm. Okay, I need a different approach. So then I started to ask questions. I started to ask like, oh, what's your experience when you're sharing your ideas at work? Or that was actually the main question. I just asked like 200 people that. And then like five people got back to me with amazing responses, just like incredible responses that were so thoughtful. And I was like, I can't keep this to myself. I need to share this. How am I going to share this? And so in January, I had my first like discussion that was recorded with Jafar and they shared uh, a cert- it was like a, a research method called circles. And it was just like, wow, this is so interesting. Like I'm learning so much more by asking questions than I am by telling people what I do. So uh, that kind of sparked more of the of the club. And from there, you know, you're one of my guests that it's coming out in the next like month. (laughs) And it's, it's really like, it's a really beautiful way to connect with UX designers and then share those experiences. And I get messages from people. They're like, oh, I saw this video with Ryan and it was amazing. I feel so encouraged now. And I'm like, oh, yay. So it's, it's motive, motivating to to continue that uh, and to keep exploring and to keep spamming people, but now they like it. So uh, it's been, it's been interesting, like applying that, that uh, knowledge that I was gaining at the same time as like getting paid to gain the knowledge, right. With clients. Cause I was like, I'm sick of going to school for free. Like I don't want to keep paying like all the time. Like I want, I want this to be like a, a symbiotic thing where I'm like working and learning and like in my past those were always like two very different things you know I was like working at the hospital while learning jewelry design and it's like okay like how do these come together but now I feel like finally things are uh, linked up in a way that's like more cohesive that I can actually 
like launch. Like I feel like I've kind of launched. Actually, the the other night I had a dream. I've I've always been stuck in my dreams. Like I'm like literally sinking in the floor or like like it's horrible. Like things are passing around me and I can't move. And the other night I was like on a bus in my dream and I like fell off the bus and just like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I didn't hit the ground and I I was flying. I was flying just at like everyone's head height. So I was like horizontal <laughs> and other people were walking around, but I was straight up flying. And I was like, I'm flying right now. Like I must be dreaming, but this is really cool. And so it was the first time in my life that like I've flown in a dream. So that's got to mean something, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, I must be doing something right. So that that to me... I feel like I'm no longer stuck. So whatever it is, like I'm no longer stuck. I'm moving forward. Um, and and the Floxies, like you mentioned, the Floxies ambassador. I'm the Canadian ambassador. Floxies is a global community of women supporting women. We have men supporters. They're awesome. They have their own little channel on our Discord server. Uh, but it's actually, it's like a Discord server of women. So because it's global, it's like 24-7. And it's women in tech basically supporting other women in tech and talking about, um, you know, their struggles or talking about like case studies or how to get your portfolio seen and like really helping each other. One of the, one of the girls, Carmia, she helped me yesterday edit my video because I, my iPad was like, no, you can't edit an eight gig video. Like, are you crazy? (laughs) This is an iPad, like not a rocket ship. And so she had to break out her new, like nice MacBook and like get out premiere and, you know, help me get it together. And, and she did a great job. And, you know, that I never would have had that opportunity had I not found Floxies. And the only reason why I found Floxies was through one of my clients who was like, Hillary, you have to go share the bubble method with the Floxies. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? She was like, you have to share this. Like, you have to go and do this. And I, uh, I was so skeptical. She told me that in November. And in January, I was like, okay, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I'll name my club. I'll come up with a logo, like share the bubble method. Like I wasn't even thinking of it as a product because it's how I was taking notes with my clients. Like I wasn't like teaching, like I, I was kind of teaching them how to use it, but I was, I was using it to like understand what they needed. And my one client was like, no, you need to share this. Like this is a thing and you need to share it. This is your product and you need to share it. And it's like, oh, interesting <laughs> well it was because you you put yourself out there you you spoke to all those people you you know you got out um you know out, i don't know if you were in a in a, a shell and you got out because of those that challenge of uh, you know producing 366 videos in one year um you know it, it was the result of that you know the yeah the the good karma that you uh, had gained yeah. from that and yeah put yourself out there think good things happen or you take action on your ideas you you instead of just you know stay, doing the same thing you took action you changed things around you um changed your approach and then you know things started happening for you yeah 
exactly like it was like 300 like most of those videos were me so one thing is I realized I couldn't prepare too much for the videos because then I came across more like a newscaster like hello everybody tonight we're going to be talking like very serious so I had to do it more spontaneous and but I didn't know what I was talking about because I had no idea about the language of UX (laughs) and I wanted it to be a video because at the time you know, I had been writing, I'd been writing and creating my posts, but then I got all these allergies and my hands were bleeding. So I literally couldn't type anymore. So I was like, oh man, what do I do? How do I post? Like, oh no, like how do I reach out to people? What what do I do? And I woke up on January 1st and I was, I just said, oh, I'm going to make a video because I have this cool robot. It'll transcribe it for me. And on Zoom, I can change my background to be my bubble so I can read it and look like I'm not reading anything because it's my background. So, okay, this is the new plan. (laughs) By video, like, two, I I started kind of coming up with a system because I realized, like, oh, my gosh, if I want to do this daily, you can't just wing... 366 days there needs to be some sort of structure and because I really didn't understand the language of UX I found that lawsofux.com website and I went there and I was like this must be where everyone starts and (laughs) I, I realized okay there's 20 laws perfect that's 20 weeks worth of material right there so I don't even have to think about you know generating this I can just start here and so I would take one law and talk about it like as it was kind of written already on the Saturday and then on the Monday I would go through it more in depth like I would use my bubble method to kind of like break it down be like hey what did that even mean because I did not understand a word of that so like how do I get this and then Tuesday because Monday wasn't enough for me Tuesday I would then go into more detail with it and use the bubble method to go like a second round around the bubble and so that for me you know after 20 weeks of doing that three times a week that developed this system of like first time around the bubble, second time around the bubble, like, okay, here we go. Let's go. And my my clients like picked up on that and they reached out to me to be like, Hey, you need to teach me this. Like I saw your videos. I want to, you know, learn from you. And it's like, okay, cool. Like interesting. Like let's do uh, it. Can you talk about the bubble method? What it is? Yeah. Yeah. As a writer, so the bubble method, I've called it that. It's people call it like a mind map or, you know, lots, there's lots of different names for it. Everyone's seen it before, uh, you know, but they might not have used it necessarily. And I was using it in workshops uh, for years to kind of brainstorm with like large groups of people. So one of the, one of the uh, first times that I used it like in a really like this is how we're doing it this is the rigid way was uh, with a group of kids well they're like in their teenagers and they all had to like share their experiences but they're all coming from you know really different backgrounds and 
it's kind of edgy. They're at like a, a shelter. Like it's not, it wasn't like a super comfortable environment for everybody. So I wanted everybody to have enough space and be able to share without necessarily having to use their, um, their words like out loud. And so I got like a massive sheet of paper. Like I'm in Toronto and we have a design school, like a fashion design school. And they have pieces of paper that are like six feet tall and like can go for a long time. You know, it's like a roll of paper. So I grabbed one of those and I brought it and I rolled it out on like five massive desks put together. So it kind of covered the whole desk. I threw down some color crayons in the middle like markers and stuff and was like okay everybody grab your favorite color and and grab a seat and so then everyone had their space and essentially the bubble method is you take a keyword or an idea and at this time we were trying to figure out like how to improve their experience looking for safe spaces right and like what does that what does that look like that's a really big question right and like to talk about that you know you have to have confidence and all this stuff it's like okay no let's just like leave all of that crap at the, like just leave it at the door grab your pen in the center of your page there draw a circle and put in the center you know what I want to see at the shelter or what would make me feel comfortable here. And then you draw 10 lines coming out of the, out of that circle. And with them, I didn't make them draw 10, but now I make people draw 10 because it's, uh, it's hard to come up with 10 ideas around one keyword, but it's really interesting because the last kind of seven ideas you're, you put down are like really out there and like something that you never would have just said if someone asked you that question. So it's it's like a really good way to dig deep and kind of get all your thoughts that you have on paper. And and it started for um, design not designers authors writing nonfiction. So like I'm a I'm a narrative nonfiction girl. Like I've got a journalism background. Like fiction. Science fiction, I love. I love science fiction, but like fiction, I, I don't know. I just, it's not really my jam. But the the idea is like with fiction writers, you know, they have to come up with a whole plot and a whole story and something that's like centered around some central theme. And a lot of the time they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs because they, they got writer's block, right? So the bubble method is a tool to get over writer's block. And, and I've just reapplied it for UX designers to like do anything. And, and I test it. I test it every month. Like I'm always trying to push the limits with it. Cause I'm like, will it work? Yes, it will. Okay. Will it work? Oh yeah, that worked pretty well. So like this month I'll be testing it with someone for, as a design brief. They keep asking me for a design brief. They want to redesign my logo and they're like, give me a design brief. And I'm like, eh, here's a link. Like read my newsletter. Like this is what I'm about. They're like, no, give me a brief. I'm like, okay, but like most clients will be like me, like they're not designers, they're not going to know what you mean by brief, like you're speaking a different language. How do you get on the same page? So we're going to use the bubble method to like, go through a brief and like, see how we can get on the same page using that. Uh, So it might not work. I think it will, but it might not work. So (laughs) it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, so far. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's the idea of coming up with 10 that's interesting i've heard of 
that doing brainstorming where you you set a high number and you you just go and you force yourself to come come up with those ideas and like you said the last seven are where the magic is those are the ones that are under the surface and you can explore those further yeah it, so it seems like that's the that's the gist of it or... yes yeah, the whole is the whole idea it's like because you can go around once right and some of my clients they'll do like a quick and dirty bubble so like if they're if especially when English isn't their first language, you know, if you get into a meeting and you have to use some key words, like there's some things that you don't want to forget, you know, because they're it's your main point, you know. But once you get there, you're like, uh, <laughs> you can, you know, write on a sticky note really quickly. You can do a tiny little bubble and stick it right by your webcam, and you know, you're not going to forget, and you're going to look like you're looking right in their eyes and talking right to them. And meanwhile, you're referencing this quick and dirty bubble on the side, and you seem like a rock star, right? So it's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. getting uh, um, now. I'm realizing I could have used it when I was creating videos. That you know, instead of writing a full bullet, you know, like paragraphs and trying mm -hmm. to read those, you know, mm -hmm. the, just knowing the keywords and letting that drive your conversation or mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, like, I find a lot of des like UX designers are visual people, right? So when they get a bullet list, it's, that's one of the laws, like you're only going to pay attention to the top and the bottom, you're going to forget the middle. And if someone comes in and interrupts you halfway through your bullet list, what do you do? Now you're like, uh, uh, and you're reading it and you're trying to like figure out where you were. Or if you've written a script, you've rehearsed your script someone throws in a question or throws you off now where are you uh uh you can't you know it's like why waste your time rehearsing that stuff just write it in a bubble because you can start and end anywhere it's a circle <laughs> and, you know like it's it acts as like a visual anchor yeah. for you and i find you know as visual person this is now going to base reading visual people need to take their own notes so it doesn't matter like say I give them a list and I'm like hey these are your talking points have fun here's your bullet point there that doesn't matter to a visual person that's not going to register with them they need to see it in their own writing they need to see it like what they how they're mapping it out and so that's exactly what the bubble does is it creates a map for them that anchors their their thoughts that are just floating around in the in their head on page where they can see it and then deliver it and once you've delivered it you can say like okay this keyword totally worked this one no one understood you know this one we all had a different meaning for it like this I need to explore this more and so once you've delivered a bubble then you can perfect whatever it is that you're working on so you can get your action items with teams you know you can get like who needs to sign off on this thing or like you, you can start like taking all of these thoughts and then taking action immediately you know and and I love to set I have a little egg timer that came with like a kid's toothbrush <laughs> and it's like a two minute timer you can take like two hours to make a bubble or you can do it in two minutes and see you know what what happens you can force yourself to try and get it out really quickly and so that's that's what I love to do is like set the two minutes get it out see what happens deliver it 
and then worry about perfecting it later. And and like to that, you know, I, I ended up with 86 videos from the 366 all about the laws of UX, just me talking about the laws of UX. And by the end, I'm like, wait a minute, did anyone read these papers? Like, I don't think anyone read the papers, like, hold up. And then like, I start like contacting IBM to like, try and get the papers. And it's like, no one's giving me the papers. I'm like, Oh, my God, like, Oh, my God, this is so frustrating. So <laughs> but 86 videos, and then last, I think it was like 11 days ago, I don't know, two weekends ago, I sat down and I was able to put them all together. And then it came up with like a four hour free course all about you know, vocabulary related to the laws of UX. And people are like, oh my God, thank you. And I'm like, oh my God, like, have you seen the videos yet? Like, let's get free, like, relax. (laughs) It's me, like, in different outfits, like, ranting about UX. (laughs) I've seen seen those videos. I I think it was that one video, (laughs) because I remember you talking about it on on LinkedIn. (laughs) But are you in? Pretty cool, huh? I mean, it's it's almost like a music video. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're performing, and you, you got the green screen in the background. <laughs> it's just my Zoom. I didn't even have a green screen. It's just my Zoom background. Like, it was very low tech, like low fidelity, like low tech, like <laughs> like yeah. It's uh, yeah. But I, like, but I love the your, uh, you know like how you're not afraid to show up in front of camera yeah did that was that as a result of creating all those videos or were you always uh, pretty confident on camera well my mom is an actress and a model and when I was little she would like drag me onto movie sets and I would be like background in different commercials or videos or movies or whatever I did not like it because they made you wear clothes that weren't yours and I just like was not into it like there's there's I'm I'm in one and it's like zoomed up on my 12 year old face and I'm really angry but like I'm actually angry <laughs> like it's not like I was acting <laughs> So I've, I've like, I've always um, had, you know, camera, like there's can't like cameras don't bother me. Like it's like, as I know, okay, when you see a camera, like if you're background and you look into the camera and freak out, you get in a lot of trouble from the director. They're like, who's looking in the camera? Like, get out of here. So you have to just be yourself kind of doing things. And so when I was, at university it's like nice it was a nice job to to you know you get a few hundred bucks for 12 hours of work and and a lot of the time I was just sitting there like I'm usually the person who's sitting there and then the camera like would swoop down above my shoulder and then like go into the scene kind of thing like so it's always like you can't really move and then the camera's there so I think that really helps but at the same time, my first videos are a lot different than my last videos. You know, like at the my number like 15 video is drastically different than my 280 because I, I started to slow down. And the only reason I did that was because my transcription bot wasn't picking up everything. And so it was taking me so much longer to edit my uh, my scripts after I'd said them when I was like high energy speaking so quickly saying like all the time oh my gosh like I that was just it was killer so that 
made me slow down. And it was funny because it's like around video 60 or 70 that I, I kind of, my pitch goes lower, my speed slows down. And then I'm like actively trying to practice that. And so there's like some videos where you can like feel the tension. I'm like, oh my God. So, <laughs> but I, I was not, I'm not shy in front of, in front of a camera. That's never, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not an actor and I don't enjoy being in film but I don't mind the camera and I know a lot of people actually have a fear of that and I didn't realize that you know people aren't used to being in front of cameras I had no idea that that's like a thing until talking with my clients who were like I'm terrified or like they wouldn't even know that they were terrified of being in the camera and it would start recording and their head would go down and they would never look up and they're like, I don't know why I'm not getting interviews. I don't know why I'm not getting the job. I'm like, uh, well, maybe you should review this tape and then get back to me on why you think you're not getting it. And then they would. They And then, then they would totally change, like, after they reviewed the tape. But they never thought of, like, recording themselves and reviewing it. It's like, that's actually, like, the biggest fear is people don't like watching themselves. But I had to watch myself. And I had to edit myself. And I had to listen to myself. I'm like... Oh my God, <laughs> that that changes your approach. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just listening to your voice is it can be a stumbling block. I know it was for me, just hearing myself as I'm editing, and then you know when when you're editing, you just don't hear yourself once. You used to hear yourself over and over and over. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. You can really get uh, get you know let it, you. It can become a stumbling block if you look at it, uh, because you're just not comfortable with hearing your voice. But then yeah. on video, you you also have, you know, you have to look at yourself and oh that's God, all yeah. the yeah. other thing. <laughs> but, but I really like that challenge because that's one way to get over that fear and the, the you know, the doubt that comes from um, being in front of, on a camera and, and speaking, you know, even speaking in front of pe people, you know, on a Zoom call, you know, that can be terrifying for people too. Yeah, people don't like that. I so I I was uh, it, yeah, I totally desensitized myself basically by doing it so much every day. I had no choice. I was like, this is happening. Whatever. Like, this is all I'm doing today. Deal with it, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like, for me, speaking in front of crowds, like my my not my first job, but not even close to my first job, but one of my really good paying jobs when I was 15, I uh, was doing guerrilla marketing. And this was before you could just collect everyone's personal data by, you know, sign up with Google or whatever. Like it was, we had to lug in these massive cases. I hated doing it, but you had to lug in these massive cases that each held like four computer terminals. And it wasn't even like iPads. It was like computer terminals, like desktop <laughs> computer terminals. And they were touch screen. And that was like a really big deal that it was like a touch screen computer like lcd like tiny little screens and we were going around and collecting user research from all over my provinces ontario so it was like all over ontario i did it also on the east coast and i did it in vancouver but i started here in ontario doing that and no one wanted to give their personal data they were like what do you mean like 
no, you don't need this. Well, I'm not touching this computer. It's like, but you can get this flashlight or like, look at this t-shirt or like, you know, like giving them some freebies for, for all this data. And so we had like massive quotas. Like one time it was like for one sewed like pop company, it was like 20,000. We had to do 20,000 units over, over like, over the weekend and in Canada like I'm sorry that's a big number like we're a big country with not that many people like trying to see 20,000 people in one weekend is like like how and so they create this like massive event and then you know I'd be standing there like oh hey like you want to come try this thing out and so it's like when LG was like starting with the touchscreen. So like they had the first like touchscreen Blackberry then like was, you know, doing theirs. And uh, it, it was really interesting because people were like, what do you mean my phone's a camera? I'm like, what do you, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Like you can take photos and share them. They're like, I don't need that. I just need to call people like, mur, mur, mur. and I'm like, well, I feel like you're going to like it. Or like going up North and telling people like, Hey, you can have Wi-Fi." They're like, what the hell's Wi-Fi?" I'm like, no, it's great. It brings the internet to your cottage. And they're like, get out of here. I'm like, okay, like it's going to be really great guys. And so I was 15 and my first, like my first job was at the beer fest they're like don't write your age it's like okay that's fine so it's at beer fest so now it's like all these like drunk people around me and my job is to like promote barbecues barbecues and it's like uh okay so I, I I was terrified I was literally terrified and my manager actually came over she was the one she was my parents friend and uh she's why I got hired at 15 when I should have been 18 and uh she's like Hillary you look terrified I was like, I am. I am terrified. She's like, you can't look terrified. You have to look inviting. People need to like come up to you. And I was like, oh my God. And so she made me walk around. She's like, walk around and see what all the other promoters are doing and see how they're inviting people because right now you suck and you need to be better. We need to get our, our numbers up. And I was like, okay. So I walked around and I was noticing, I was like, oh, they're like using their arms. They're like being really welcoming. They're not afraid of people. They're like saying hello, like loudly and like calling them in. Okay, I can do this. And uh, at one point they ran out of water and they started feeding everybody beer. And I was like, okay, like, I don't, I don't, I need water. Like I'm going to, I'm a responsible 15 year old. I need water. And so I actually, I, they're like, go to the main stage. And there's this like big main stage. And, uh, so I went to the main stage and I'm like sneaking around in the back trying to like find water. And this guy comes back and he's like wearing this like massive apron and like has like a microphone on. And he's like, hey, you come on up here with me. And I was like, do you have water? And he's like, I'll get you water right after this. And I was like, OK. So I go up and he brings me up on stage and it's like the main event. He's the king of the queue. And he's like making pineapple fried rice on a barbecue. And I had to like, I was on stage now in front of like thousands of people. Like I had just been looking for water. And he's like, he, he, he basically, he was like, how does this look? And I was like, delicious. And then everyone's like, yeah. And then he like hands me this like pineapple thing in tinfoil and and that and then I walked back and then I got a whole case of water and I was like oh wow okay like sure 
So and the pineapple rice. <laughs> and pineapple rice. It was really good. And so I like I, I've always like stumbled into crowds and then had to like be the hype person or you know not be afraid to like be there and as I uh I wanted when I was at OCAD University I wanted to spend more time on campus and I I had been working at a hospital doing data entry and um I didn't want to do that I wanted to be on campus all the time and they had a position open it was like executive director of academic and university affairs for the student union I was like yeah sure I'm gonna be that because then I get to spend time on campus. So I handed out tacos and I get, I got everybody. I was like, okay, you can get a taco if you write a comment down on this bubble. Like I made a bubble of like what I want at school. And then I made everybody write down a comment of like, how could you make school better or whatever? And they would write their comment and then got a taco. And I didn't even put what I was writing for on any of my posters because like who the heck cares about that? I just said vote Hillary. That was it. And like that, I just <laughs> had to vote Hillary. And um, I got it. I won. And so that required me, you know, in September to go around to like all the different classes and like speak into the microphone at the podium and say like, hi, everybody, welcome. Like here, I'm your, you know, head of your student union. Like, dur, dur, dur. like these are all the things you can do. And I wasn't allowed to say no. Like I had to do it. <laughs> like They're like, okay, Hillary, here's your speech. You're going up on stage now. And I was like, okay, like, sure. <laughs> so I, I think... I, I don't know, maybe that's just part of my personality that like that doesn't bother me. But I I definitely know that from speaking with my clients that like people would like they were they they would rather, you know, do anything else but do that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's a, it's a big challenge. Uh, do you how, how do you help them get over that challenge? Yeah, I I well, the bubble literally it's the bubble because I say like okay like it's not about the speech it's not about everything like you don't you know you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself like a lot of the time they're experts in their field you know like they know what they're talking about they know why they've made those design choices you know they have some numbers to back it up there it's it's like they psych themselves out because it's like someone's title it's like oh I'm talking to the CEO I'm like okay but what's their name like, who is that person? Like, we'd be sitting at around boardroom tables because, like, my job, I had a lot of, you know, boardroom meetings. And so it'd be, like, the VP of this and the CEO of that and this other person. And they would all give their titles. And I'd be like, hi, I'm Hillary. <laughs> and I'd like to remind everyone this is a yes and environment, uh, you know, because everyone would say, like, now, now, now. And I'm like, no, we are solutions oriented. Yes. And environment, we are building off of each other's ideas. Here are your sticky notes and markers. And it wasn't even my meeting. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I realized no one was like, showing up with with notes or like with the agenda or like with paper, like everyone's just sitting around talking. And so I started showing up with a one pager, with the notes, with like an image, with like room for them to write their thoughts. So my action items, no matter what the meeting was, started getting done. And so, you know, I described this to my clients. I'm like, listen, are you showing up at meetings and no one has anything written down? Start bringing the, the written material and people will look to you for that 
you know, like they'll start being like, oh, okay, like Rizwan's got it. Like he's going to be the note taker. You know, he's always got the good action items. Like I know what I'm talking about when Rizwan's at the table because he's sharing this really valuable information and, you know, and share it freely with them. And, and people appreciate that. So it's like whether it's sharing a copy of your bubble, which is what I started doing at Floxies. Because like if I'm listening to things and you want me to retain anything, if I'm not taking notes, I'm probably going to forget it happened, you know. And so those talks every Wednesday are like so cool and like there's so much to learn. And so I started making these bubbles. I'd be like put the speaker's name in the middle and then draw my 10 lines. And then, you know, as they were talking, I just like start furiously writing. So I'd be like looking down, furiously writing. And then at the end, I'd screenshot it and share it with them. And so after, you know, eight times of doing that, the Floxies would be like, and Hillary's going to share her bubble. <laughs> and so that's why I'm like the official bubble maker, because <laughs> I like that's how I like share and capture what's happening. And then people really appreciate that. So because I, I guess, I don't know, I, I it might be like a special talent or something that I have where I can like take notes really quickly and like really capture what's what's happening in the room but that's kind of what I tell them I'm like just don't focus it's not about you it's about the message and people need to see the message because you know according to face reading most people are visual so like you can't just tell them about things you need to show them like they hear with their eyes that's what Susan my coach says they hear with their eyes so if you're not showing them something it doesn't matter, right? So, yeah. and and yeah. if you are showing something and you're remote, you can share your screen and turn off your camera. And then, you know, like you don't even have to worry about it. And and practice, right? Like not rehearsing. I, I, I'm not into theater because of all the rehearsals. I like, I can't stand it. My mom and my brother love theater. And I'm just like, no, like, what are you talking? I like improv. I love improv because there's no rehearsing. You get thrown in a situation. You have to yes and your way through it. Build off of each other. It means you're listening. You're actively listening to someone and you're building off of them instead of shutting it down and just stating your opinion. Like everyone hates that. Like no one likes that. They want you to acknowledge that they've said something. And, you know, even if it's a question, like, oh, what do you mean by that word? Like, whoa, let's talk about this. They're like, oh, thank you. Like, yes, yeah. I'd love to talk about it, you know? I love improv. Uh, yeah. yeah I, took, I took a few classes and it was just amazing just how yeah. much energy I had afterwards. And it was, it, it's difficult to, you know, think on the spot when you're not used to, but, mm. you know, as you become more comfortable, it just helps you just, you know, be flexible, be, you know, in the moment, do whatever needs to happen for you Mm to you know do you know show up and do your best work yeah yeah and that that to me is like the main thing right you're not you're showing up and you're there and you're actively participating you can't be a passive participant in improv that makes you a tree like you're a part of the background scenery like you know like you're, you're like you have to build off of something like you're creating something and I just, I think that's just, it's so fun. And then it changes in the next instant, you know, whereas theater, they're creating and then recreating and then rehearsing and then perfecting. And like, I'm just, that's too much for me. I just get really, my energy level just like 
drops and then I just go monotone my face goes really serious and everyone starts asking me like why I'm so aggressive (laughs) because (laughs) I'm just not interested like I even used to do that when I was a kid in for presentations in class I would just I would wing it I would just say oh I'm I'm winging it like that's what's happening so you're a certified face yeah I'm a certified face reader yeah can you talk about how that is? And are you reading my face right now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. So yeah, it, I'm I'm a level five certified face reader. So there are different levels uh, because it's complex. It's not complicated. So every time you kind of like learn a little bit more of how to read someone's face, and basically your face or everyone's face is like a GPS to their brain. And you can understand how they want to intake information, process information, feel about it, and like deliver it back. You can understand people's energy levels, if they can rally a crowd, if they're introverted or extroverted, if they want to be around people to gain energy, or if they need to be like solo by themselves. You know, one of my favorite features are eyebrows because like I had such a hard time reading my eyebrows. And for example, like they're straight. Now they're starting to get kind of pointy, like because I'm starting to like understand more my place in things, you know. So when you have pointy eyebrows, you love like research and controlling kind of how that research is presented and like if a pointy eyebrow person ever asks you a question they already know the answer like they're testing you they're like do you know the answer because I know the answer and I want to make sure you know the answer right and like straight eyebrows are like give me facts and data and get out of here like I don't really care and then you have rounded eyebrows which I actually find a lot of UX designers have rounded eyebrows and they care about people it's like give me all the information about people, give me their names, tell me the entire story and how it relates to that person and this person. And I always had a lot of trouble, you know, for example, like my mom, she has like one super round eyebrow. And because our eyebrows are sisters, they're not twins. So like, you know, that's, that's one of the main things in face reading is like, your face isn't symmetrical no matter how hard you know beauty people want to tell you you need symmetry it's impossible because you know on our on our left side of our face that's where like our emotional like our personal emotions and anything to do with like our private lives will show up on the left side of your face and then on the right side of your face that's where all of your like business stuff will show up and like your logic and reasoning and things like that have to do with external stuff. So you may not approach those things the same way. And in fact, I don't. And you know, that's always been part of my problem why I come across so aggressively because I can flip in a second of like, wait, like what? Like I don't want to do that anymore. Like what are you talking about? Like I don't feel that way. Like and so I always had this conflict and then once I realized like oh, we're asymmetrical and you can read that, like, hold up. It gave me, like, relief. And then now I actually have on my on my monitor, I have, like, two magnets that you can, like, are different colors. So on the left side of my screen, I have the 
um, my green magnet, which is like external. This was from my coach. She was like, you need to do this. I was like, okay. And then on my right side is the red magnet. And so that's their personal side. Because uh, when they're facing you, right, it's different. So that even that flip, I was like, oh my God, my head it took me so long. So it, I see, I'm like, oh, okay, like this is, I'm speaking to their personal side or I'm, I'm going to relate to their business side right now. And so like, for example, for your face, your beautiful face, no, see, this is the thing. People are always worried, right? They're like, oh my God, don't read me. Like, I don't want you to judge me. Yeah, it's like, okay, like it's it's a map. It's not like uh it's it's like you still have to like read the map and put it together. And and the whole thing is is like face reading is like non-judgmental. Like it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter your gender. You don't need a baseline. You just need to like see a picture of someone and then you can get like an understanding of how to communicate with that person, how they need to be communicated with, not about how you want to deliver the information or like how I would, you know, cause I would deliver it like, bam, 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 here we go. Bye. You know, and someone's like, wow, she's regressive. I'm like, okay, I understand yeah. now because you have round <laughs> eyebrows, you know, like not you, but like if that person would be like, oh, okay, I have to relate it to about a person, you know? And so on your, on your external side, your eyebrows a lot more straight right? It gets a little pointy at the end, but like, it's a lot more straight. So that's like straightforward. So that means in business meetings, you're going to want the bullet points. What are the three action items? Get me out of there. Like I'm done. Like, thank you. Goodbye. Whereas on your personal side, there's a bit of a point to it, right? So you're going to be like, okay, here's all the research. Like if my family's going on a trip, I'm going to make sure I plan everything and like have everything organized and I itemized and like, did you pack that blue pair of socks of blah, 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 you know, like you're going to be a lot more, uh, I, I don't want to say like controlling, but like, you're going to want to like control the information a lot more. It's not just going to, you won't be satisfied with just three bullet points. You need a lot more substance there. Whereas on the business side, if someone was to give you all that substance, you're like, whoa, 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 like, give me a break. Like, what are you talking about? Is that, is that true? Yeah. Uh yeah. I can, I, yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, situations or, you know, getting to the point, basically, like not, you know, not drowning in the information, just get to the point. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's uh, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, for example, you can tell if someone is like more pessimistic or optimistic. And I think a lot of people think pessimism is like negative, but to me, it just means that's going to be the question person. So they're going to ask you all the hard questions that you don't necessarily have answers for. So like, for example, your your nose at the end kind of points down a little bit, right? That's pessimism, but it's not, it's not pessimism. It's like, you're going to ask some really tough questions and you're going to expect someone to have plan A, plan B, plan C and answers to your questions. But you also have like, it's like rounded, right? And so you're very creative. So you're always going to be creatively asking these questions and finding creative ways of sharing that information with people. And that's, you know, that's probably why you have a podcast because it's like you want to ask questions and you need to creatively share answers and like share, you know, how you, how you deliver that. And that's, it's really cool. Right. And it's like, Oh, okay. So I know Rizwan's going to ask me some really tough questions anytime, you know, like, Hillary, can you write a newsletter about uh, resilience? It's like, Oh my God. 
like, okay, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's interesting. And like on your, on your personal side, you know, you're, you have like the, the really full Hollywood cheek where it's like, you can gather your crowd around you and rally everyone to your cause. Right. Whereas on, on the business side, you're going to need more time with people like you're like no 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 like i i need some space right now to work on this like take your cause elsewhere like i'm i'm working through these things like thank you very much you know this is this we're slowly going to go through this but what i've always like loved most about your your face are your eyelids because you have ample eyelids and so that means that you love to be around people like you just you you gain energy from being around people you don't mind being around people you know if someone's like come hang out Rizwan you're like okay let's go like <laughs> like you know whereas and and so that a lot of people read eyelids as um what is the opposite of oh extrovert so extroverted people can have like lots of eyelids like you can tell if you can see a lot of someone's eyelids you're going to be like oh like they like to be around people whereas like the the if you can't see their eyelids at yeah. all they can spend like hours by themselves and just like let them be they do not get energy from being around people and like i check my eyelids every morning to see where my energy levels are at like if i'm going to be around people or if I need my time to myself, because I'm one of those ambiverts that like can be really loud and in front of a crowd. But like, if I don't have my time to meditate and chill alone, watch yeah. out, like yeah. watch out, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I'm, I'm kind of similar. Uh, I mean, I prefer more alone time than being with people. Um, I don't know, maybe it's after the pandemic, but, uh, but definitely, um, you know, having that um, space to uh, process information instead of like, you know, rush and be overwhelmed with the information. So, yeah, this is really interesting, especially uh, because you have to, you know, I guess getting good at this is um, important because as you're, you go into a meeting, you need to look at what you're working with and it just makes it better for your communication to to be effective instead of just coming in, like you said, like, what do I want to say? And thinking about what the other person wants to know and how they want to take that information in. Yeah, and what your goal is, right? Like if I'm selling to you or if I'm, you know, asking you to join my cause or like what whatever the goal is, like that changes that communication approach. And if you didn't have face reading, that would be more difficult to switch up. You know, you're like, okay, well, these are my points anyway. So like, I have yeah. to say them. It's like, yeah, but yeah. you can approach it differently. True. You know, True. like if you can ask someone like the difference between how are you feeling and how are you doing can make or break a conversation depending on who you're talking to. Right. And so it's like, like some people are feelers. Some people are doers. Some people are thinkers and you can tell that. And, and that's, you know, that shapes how you approach them. And it was interesting. I gave my first workshop, like I've been taking the workshops, but then I gave my first workshop this past week and it was so fascinating because she was amazing at it. She picked out like so many of my asymmetries 
immediately that literally took me two years to see she was like oh wow your personal side you it's like a, a lot wider than your business side I was like are you kidding me I had to like mirror my face to like to see that and you got it in your first 20 seconds of face reading like wow so I think it's gonna be really fun to like coach UX designers specifically on face reading because they're already tuned in to such specific visual cues that most people wouldn't see you know like they're they're worried about margins and spaces and all this stuff that like translate really well to the face because even like a two millimeter difference is a huge difference right so they they're trained to spot those things and I was I was shocked I was shocked it's like oh my god god like you're a natural now it's just about giving you the information behind it like it's it was really cool to see and it was it was so different to be on the other side I realized I like gave five lessons in like one massive lesson I was like okay I need to break this down more slowly like oops <laughs> but yeah it's a uh, I guess even though with designers being you know if you're an introvert you observe things even more you you know you sit back and you look look at things and then maybe you you then you form your opinion form your thoughts and then you share those so it's definitely a, a good tool to have to be able to you know increase your observation skills and you know fine tune those to to the context exactly know how to talk with your business analysts or your engineers or, you know, whoever it is that's joining you on Zoom at that moment, you can kind of yeah. like put them at ease. And that's actually something that on on a lot of my UX Vocab Club group events, like at the beginning, they'll always be like, I'm so nervous because it's live on YouTube. And then it's fine. Yeah. And then <laughs> by the end, they're, they're like, wow, that just felt like a coffee. Like, wow, yeah. thanks. Like, that was fine. And I was like, face reading. How did you get started in it? How did you start it? Yeah, well, like I said, I was getting a lot of comments telling me that I was really aggressive. And so yeah. I didn't feel aggressive. And I couldn't understand why everyone was telling me that I was like that. And so... I started looking into like behavior analysis, body language, and, you know, pouring through YouTube on all of that, like reading books. And I found Susan online, basically on her YouTube channel. And she was talking about um, doing a study with masks. So like, can people read faces if half their face is covered? And I was like, I want to participate. <laughs> like, choose me, like, tell me why I'm aggressive, like, choose me, please. And so, you know, I like sent in my photos. And then they sent back a reading. And I, I was I read it and I was bawling my eyes out. I was literally sobbing because I was like, Oh, my God, they see me they actually see me like, there was no aggression in there. They did not say you're aggressive. They did not say like, you, you know, like it, it was all like, not, not, not praise, but it was, it was me in a positive light. And I was like, that's me. How do you know this? And so I sent them back like long email, like a novel that was just like, just shocked. And I was like, I need to know more. I need like, how do you do this? What's going on? 
like how much does this cost like I'm in like how do I get in and so that was two years ago and I did the classes and then we meet up regularly um and and go through it and I I wasn't very good at the beginning like I kept second guessing myself I was overthinking everything um I couldn't really see the fine details I was judging myself instead of just reading the face um as putting judgment on others instead of just reading the face. So it it was this really like long two year process of me like trying to like just take in the information and then apply it. And then the more that I applied it and the less I like, like I stopped overthinking it, the better uh, I became. And I am like, I- I'm still a baby in face reading, but like even just what I've learned, you know, the fact that I can share what I've learned is like, oh, okay, like I'm growing in this and this is actually changing my life. Like, and like I said, I haven't had those same comments. Like no one's called me aggressive in the past two years, like direct. Sure. You know, enthusiastic. Yeah. But like, it's the, something has switched. And I, for me, that was face reading. That was my goal. And it was to improve like my relationships with my family uh, because I was like, why, why, why aren't we getting like what's happening? And so it was like, that was, that was the main goal. And then after a year of it, I was like, wait, no, this is like perfect for using with my clients. And then, you know, now I'm comfortable enough to like share the knowledge. I'm like, you can use this for your communication strategies. And like, you know, I had someone, one of my clients, she was, having an interview with like a VP, big deal. Like it's a big deal, right? And she was worried. And it's like, let's pull him up. Let's get his profile picture up on here on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then we read him. And I was like, you've got to, you know, do this, 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 do this. Like I didn't go through the features. I just like told her the strategy. She nailed it, nailed it. And like, she wouldn't have had that approach otherwise, right? And then she's like, okay, wait, this face shooting thing is really cool. Here's some more faces. Let's go. And so she was at my workshop. Because, <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, it was just, it was ex- it's exciting. It's exciting when people see it and they kind of get that aha moment. They're like, oh, wow, like, this isn't black magic. Like, it's kind of like a superpower. And, you know, face reading profilers, they're used, like, for law. Like my coach trains lawyers and like law enforcement and, you know, like it's, it's a, it's actually like, it's a a thing. Yeah. It's like serious. So, you know, I'm applying it really to UX designers, but it's, it's, it's used like in, in video games, in everything, like in setting up dolls and doing in everything, like a face reading profilers involved because it matters, right? Like it matters how you set it up and like, the different attributes that you want to to convey to someone it's 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 written in our face it's a beautiful map yeah it's like it's really interesting like my like i'm a doer like the biggest part of my face is the doer section and it's like dramatically bigger than any other part of my face and it's also like it juts out it's like my chin like juts out and it's straight that's someone who's like a bulldog like i don't I don't care if you don't like my opinion, I'm going to tell you, you know, and so I could see why that would come across negatively, you know, and so now I know, okay, I can keep that to myself and and speak in a way that this person is going to feel comfortable because it's not about my opinion. It's about what, you know, 
like what's happening or like whatever the context is or whatever the goal is. So that's, I think my biggest lesson is like, Hillary, be quiet. <laughs> I think it's just knowing that coming to that realization that it's not about us, it's about the other person and how they take in information. And so that that's like the first step that you just need to understand and come to terms with. And then you can uh, take the next step, but you need to have that awareness. Okay. Yeah, because the first face, my coach says, she's like, the first face you read is your own. And it literally took me two years to read my face. It took my it took my client like 20 seconds. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> She's like, I don't believe you that it took you two years. I was like, honestly, it really did. Like, it was, it was really difficult for me because I was like, wait, are my eyebrows pointy? Are my eyebrows this? Like, what's happening? And then my coach is like, Hillary, your face can change every day. Like, your face can change. It depends on a lot of things. That's why it's like good to have another professional, like another profiler read your face like every two weeks. It's really interesting because you, you know, you change and things change. It's interesting to like even think about it that way. It's like you really have no control over it because you're just acting how you behave and talking how you talk and being who you are, you know, and then eventually it's you're using your face that way a lot. And so it becomes a feature and then you can read that feature and say like, Oh, okay. That person's going to approach it maybe this way. Like one of the things that I love is the, the bullshit filter. <laughs> Sorry for swearing on your podcast, but like it's there's, you know, when you have like hair that's like sticking straight up in your eyebrow compared to the rest of the hair oh, on your eyebrow, it means like you are not going to get something past that person. So like on your personal side, it would be like someone would have to like, they they would not be able to mess with you at all. Not yeah, a chance. I think I have that. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. yeah, just like not a chance. And so I, I think that's one of my most favorite features to like pick uh, out on that's pretty cool it's like empowering that's the thing like people get like worried like oh my god you're gonna know like these things about me it's like no like it's it's empowering because then you can like embrace that about yourself instead of fighting it like you can just be like oh this is me it's it's self-awareness and understanding just who you are and being comfortable with that yeah and yeah uh, and then so that will help you show up even more and be more present and not worry about everything that's going on within you you can focus on the the conversation the interaction yeah and like not worry about their title not be oh my god this is the ceo you're like wow look at the eyebrows like they are so like they just (laughs) have facts and data you know what i mean like it's it it makes everybody a person Mm. you're like we all have a face yeah. Like we all have a face. So like it just it just humanizes everybody and kind of equalizes like it makes it all equal. Because, yeah. yeah. um, you know, that and that's I really like that. I really, really like that because like behavior is culturally specific. You know, one gesture in Canada might mean something different in, you know, South Africa. I don't know. But like behavior is a little harder. Statements, the same thing. It's more difficult. Whereas your face is your face and sure. that's just what it is so <laughs> i love that yeah we're awesome. gonna have to read up on more about this and uh... yeah come to one of my workshops <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can teach cool. you <laughs> awesome. so i think this is a 
all this is amazing information. Just the, the bubble method is just amazing. There's so many different applications for it, you know, whether it's note taking or presenting or you know, even writing, uh, which I'm going to apply for my writing as well, <laughs> just nice. as a way to, you know, get more ideas out instead of staying at the surface level and writing just that. So uh, this is pretty cool. I know we're coming towards the end and now we're at a point where uh, we do the listener challenge. And yeah. I'd love to uh, know what you what challenge you have for the listeners to apply what they hear and yeah. so that they can start seeing uh, take start taking action and see results. Yeah. Okay, well, I would love I think this is like one of my favorite ways to apply the bubble method is um to like everyone has something blocking them from something you know everyone's got a block of some kind and what what did we call it beat the suck like if it's feedback or something that's like like that's that's like you know you've you've re you've received information from someone and you're not really like sure how to process it and now it's blocking you uh, you know, how you, you can use face reading, but like, that's, that's a little bit more complex, right. To like get past that. Cause you're like, okay, it's this person's delivering this information this way because of their face. And that's fine. I don't need to take offense, but another way to like quickly approach that is to, to do a bubble. And so I was hoping that's why I asked if you had a pen and paper, because we, you can do it with the listeners, we can do a two minute, a two minute bubble really quick, I have my egg timer. So do you have listeners, everyone grab your pen, and a piece of paper, I sometimes do it on my iPad, and I use my pencil on the iPad. But the idea is that it, it should be written first, if you're if you're able to write, it should be like written in your handwriting first because um, as soon as you go to a keyboard, I found I tried to do a bubble on the keyboard and then I kept pressing the backspace. Yeah. And it's yeah. not about being perfect. It's not about getting out the right thought sure. at all. All of them are equally valid. There's no judging. There's no grammar. Bubbles don't even need words. It can be color or like a drawing or a squiggle or question mark or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like it's a non-judgmental way for you to capture your thoughts and throw it down. So if if you have your pen and you have your piece of paper, we're going to start. Okay. So in the center of your paper, you draw a little circle. And in that circle, write what's blocking you. So you don't have to say it out loud to me or to the listeners or listeners, you know, write what's blocking you. Feel free to. I'm here for you. Um, and then that's going to be the anchor for for the next part. So you draw 10 lines and you draw your 10 lines first or else there's no way you'll get 10. <laughs> so draw 10 lines out from the circle. You have it? Okay. So then you're going to bounce from that inner thought to the outside of the line and you write down whatever comes to your head first on the on the outside at the tip end of the line and you just keep bouncing you can speak out loud I'm here for you if you need to speak out loud to process it or you can just keep bouncing okay. but you got about a minute and a half yeah okay so I'll, 
I'll be, you know, this is a safe space. Uh, yeah. My, my word is confidence. And nice. so I'm going out and I'm going to write trust, uh, fear, doubt, awareness, nice. action, overthinking. See, you're digging deeper, these last four. <laughs> yeah. Keep bouncing back. Look at it. And then first thing that comes to your head. Confidence. I'll say abundance. Yeah. Anything. Exactly. Yeah. Abundance. Okay. Yep. So no, don't try to uh, Don't judge it. it. Just let it go. You're capturing it like a butterfly in a net. You're just getting it out on the paper. Potential. Yeah. Two more. You got this. Show up. Yep. And lead. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> right under the time. Nice. Yeah, it was perfect. You did it. That's great. So, so now, so and listeners, now, so what you want to do is look at your bubble and then you just read it all out. So you're like, confidence is, and then read out your read out your thoughts there. All right, I'll go. Uh, confidence is fear. Well, confident. Is that yeah, how you like say it? Yeah, it's just like you're, you know, like when you're talking about it, it's like, what is confidence to me? What What's blocking my confidence, right? Because that's that was that was our initial thing, right? It's like, what's blocking my confidence? Okay, like, so, yeah. Yeah, so what's blocking my confidence is fear, it's doubt, mm. it's awareness. Well, awareness Awareness is, with strength in it, right? So you yeah. start getting discussion so, topics out of this, right? <laughs> Yeah. It's a little mix, so yeah. not everything is negative. Yeah. Uh, you know, taking action builds confidence. Uh, you know, overthinking reduces my confidence. Uh, confidence brings uh, works well with abundance mindset. The confidence helps me achieve my potential. Yep. The confidence helps me show up, and it helps me lead, and it helps me trust myself. Nice, exactly. Yes. And so then that was your first round around the bubble. So what you could do on your own time, right? And listeners, what you can do is now you do a second time around that bubble where each one of those topics that you have at the end becomes their own center of the bubble. So now that one word gives you 100, 100, you know, and you, you can start picking that out. And like, so if it's like fear, right, you're like, okay, Ten things about fear. It's like, why am I fearful? How can I change fear into something else? Like, when am I fearing? You know, what's 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 the context for this? And like, you can start asking yourself questions about each one of those topics and diving deeper into each one of them, and then you end up with like so much information just from one word, right? And it's like it's really powerful. Like the second round is is intense and it isn't always necessary. And at that point I don't insist that you need another 10. Like I get it. It's a lot. But it's a really good way of unblocking yourself because, you know, maybe if someone just said, what's confidence to you, you might have just said like, oh, well, you know, like, it, it's a struggle, right? Like, after those six, you're like, Wait, but what is confidence to me? Like, what am I blocking here? Like, what's happening? And you got the mix, right? It was some were really good things, and some were really bad things. And that's, you're not, um, 
you're not limiting yourself. You're not, you know, what those limiting beliefs, like you're not limiting yourself to only think of negative. It's like, no, yeah. like this, yeah. when confidence sparks in my head, these are all the thoughts that come out. And like, now you can explore them and like even delivering it. You're like, okay, well, it's not always bad. Like this actually increases my confidence. Yeah. And like, you know, you start saying, like saying it out loud. And then, you know, the next time you deliver that, bubble you're it'll be different right you'll you'll know okay like I can I can separate these things or say I want to you know compare these things or it gives you it gives you just like a really cool tool to start a discussion with anybody about anything anywhere anytime any place basically <laughs> yeah I mean, so. this, is, this is amazing because I, I'm just looking at my list and, or the bubble and I could like you said, give a talk on this. I can talk about this and you know, go through these points quickly in my head. And you know, yeah. If you had to do slides, you have ten slides. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's literally too. really powerful. Because if okay. if someone had just said, "Okay, write a bullet list of what confidence yeah. means," you probably would have done three. Your straight yeah. eyebrow would have been like, "Okay, here are my three points. Goodbye." Yeah. <laughs> and then your your personal side is like, "I need to research all these books and read all these books." And like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. so the um, the the second round that happens, you don't just list out ten things. You ask questions to dive deeper, or is the yeah, it can be both. It's like a mix, right? So it's like if if your list, like if as you're going and like 10 things don't come up in your head for fear, that's yeah. when you can start asking your questions. It's like, who's fearful? Am I like, why am I fearful? When am I fearful? You know, you start asking the who, what, where, why, when, how questions, because then that's at least six, right? So like, that's what I started to do. That was my trick when I was going uh, through the laws of UX, because, you know, I didn't understand the vocabulary, I didn't understand the words and the context. And so my second round on the Tuesday, I realized would be tons of questions and it was like me trying to explore this but if i kept all those questions in my head i felt overwhelmed and i would get tired and then i wouldn't care and like i would just be confused and then i would nap whereas if i got them out then i could see them and i can address them once they're in front of me because i'm visual i need that anchor you know i can see it and then I know, okay, like I can look this up more. Like this question doesn't even make sense. Like, okay, cool. Like glad that's out in the air. Like ever have to repeat that, you know, like it's, it's like a testing ground for yourself. So I, I say, ask the questions on the second round uh, so that you, you don't limit yourself basically just because you think, okay, I have to get out 10 and, you know, but, and, and they can be repeats too. Like maybe fear is connected with limiting beliefs and like you have some doubles and then you start to recognize patterns. And that's also why I think UX designers catch on to this so quickly because patterns develop, especially during that second round. And then you're like, oh, okay, these actually group together and this groups together and these are how I'm going to take action towards, you know, improving this centerpiece uh, here. So, yeah, kind yeah. of like an infinity, uh, infinity map mapping. Yeah. You start to see patterns and you can see themes emerge. Yep. That's pretty, pretty cool. Yep. 
yeah, like if all like even the theme that like it's not all negative, you know, confidence isn't all negative. There's a balance. There's always going to be this oh, okay, like I'm a little scared, but I'm going to reach my potential, you know? Like you get there's two sides to it, right? So it's it's I think it's just beautiful. I just love them. I was so excited to do this Thank bubble. You so much. <laughs> You've given a gift. You've gift over and uh uh, you know, this is one thing that this is why I really love podcasting is um, I get to meet people like you, amazing people who have these gifts and then they share those gifts and we all learn and we all yeah. grow and we can all yeah. apply right away and improve exactly. our lives. Yeah. And I bet you're like, I, I love getting pictures. Like people will send me pictures of their bubbles and everyone like has different bubbles and I'll randomly get like pictures on LinkedIn or something. And like someone's bubble looks more like a flower or a sunshine or like, it's really messy. Like my bubbles are crazy messy. Like they're not pretty. And like it's, or they're colorful or color coordinated or like, it's so great. So I hope some of your listeners, you know, are uh, brave enough or open to, to share some of their bubbles if they've made them, because I think you'll really enjoy seeing other people also use this method because it, it's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, because even if everyone puts the word confidence in the middle, no one's bubble is going to be the same. Exactly. Yeah. I, I tested that at a UX book club, <laughs> uh, group event and we all put the same word and then we got to discuss it and like people went off of each other. So it was like an hour discussion where it was like, oh, okay, like I have this written down. And then someone would be like, oh, it was like an affinity mapping brainstorming session because then they're like, oh, like I have I have something that's similar. Or I have something totally opposite to that. Here it is. And it was like everyone had the ability to share when they were all concerned that they hadn't prepared anything for the hour. And I was like, please don't prepare anything. Just bring a pen and a piece of paper. And they were like, what? And I was like, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> they're like, we're live and you're telling me I can't prepare? I was like... Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is amazing. Cool. Thank you so much. Nice. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, that was so nice. You did great. You did great. But it was interesting, too, because at, at number six, you know, I could see yeah. you like, like, oh, thinking, should like, I say it? Should I say it? I don't know. Yeah. Should I say it? It's like, yes, you should say it say it you know so sometimes that helps like speaking it out loud uh a lot of engineers will like talk to a rubber ducky i have like a, a felt unicorn on my desk that like if i'm going through a bubble i sometimes have to like speak it out loud because it's like it, it like makes it real and like you're like i'm not judging this it's just happening and like yes this is the thought in my head and yes that is a very interesting crazy word and i'm putting it down and that is fine <laughs> like <laughs> So, yeah, good job. Excellent work. (laughs) And even if we have to re-record, we can do another one and it will be different. (laughs) I think this is really good. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast and uh, and helping me grow and also the listeners, uh, you know, just bring more awareness to these uh, topics that you talk about, the bubble method, the the face reading, and even the Floxies community. You know, people need to know that there are communities out there that are really helpful and supportive and, uh, and, you know, you can join. So 
thank you so much for uh, for for having this conversation. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we can uh, have another conversation soon. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Rizwan. It's my pleasure. I'm so honored to be here. I've been like telling everybody, I'm like, I'm going to be in a podcast later. Mm-hmm, low fidelity. Yes, I am. So I'm, I'm quite proud and very honored. And like, I just, I love all your guests and like all your posts and I'll, you know, we, we talk all the time. So I'm just, I'm excited to keep our conversations going and uh thank you listeners for listening to us for for so long <laughs> and uh if you want to share your bubbles with me but you know I, i'm open to connect on linkedin um for sure i love connecting with people and uh yeah i i just have i hope everyone has a great day morning evening night wherever you are at any time <laughs> yeah oh, uh, uh, how how can uh the listeners learn more about you and the projects that you're part of yeah right now linkedin is like the best place to get me because i'm there all the time i'm working on my website working on all that stuff but all my clubs kind of run from linkedin uh and i'm most active there and so uh it's just my name on linkedin it's hillary cluett that's me uh, and you can also uh, find the UX Vocab Club on LinkedIn too. And um, I'm there. I'm I'm just I'm around. Like that's that's where you can find me. I'll message you right back. Like I'm speedy, speedy responder. So <laughs> if if you want to be completely overwhelmed with energy and love and support, come find me on LinkedIn. I uh, yeah. It's all good. that's where I play (laughs) awesome well thanks again thank you all right that was the amazing Hilary Cluett with her bubble method and the face reading which was really fascinating so I'm definitely going to look into this more and uh, I hope you do also if you do you can reach out to Hilary on LinkedIn and let her know if you have any questions you can always reach out to her as well and uh yeah that's it for the show thank you for listening this has been unleash your mindset podcast if you enjoyed the show please be sure to subscribe to the podcast thank you so much for listening until next time stay strong Mm -hmm.